clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome in to Simultaneous Catch, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name's Josh Lapping. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I can't do that for too long. Simultaneous uh, Catch! The Luke best Lamb. part about it is that you just always do like an air guitar motion. You don't just make that sound. Like You have to go like... Oh, yeah. Well, the, how else would the air guitar play music? I'm just fascinating. <laughs> uh, Luke Wayne, thanks for not listening again. But if you did, you'd do the recording for us for the uh, intro. Welcome to the show, folks. If you listened last week, thank you, Ian, for being on. Uh, we apologize yeah. that the audio was a little bad, but uh, it'll get better. And we'll have Ian on later in the season, hopefully for the Steelers. So they'll be like, wow, the Steelers are doing really well. Um, as it was upsetting how that game ended last week. But it was fun regardless. None of us got our friend's fortune. I did not. Yeah. And mine was the Miami-Buffalo game, touchdown passes, and... That didn't happen. That's funny. I don't even remember what you said. I said that both quarterbacks would have four plus total touchdowns each because I thought that's what the kind of game was going to be. Maybe that should be my friend's fortune for the Baltimore Buffalo game coming up. That's also probably going to be like 15. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Regardless, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, I say we get going. I say we go rant, rant, recall. Go for it. I am ready for a rant. I if you listen this is to twenty one minutes long everybody if you listen to the, now. if you listen to the show last week then you listen to the primer of this rant and this rant is Jimmy G is so bleeping overrated I am Jimmy G is overrated yes okay I am so tired of it and I even said on the show that I felt more comfortable with Jimmy G as the starter and I still feel that way but he is so overrated people are so over this okay Jimmy G started his NFL career nineteen and five okay really great. Since then, he's been 12-10 and 10 since 2020. And with Jimmy G's the starting quarterback since 2020, he has 18 interceptions and four fumbles across 22 games, okay? And 46 starts as a starter, he has 39 interceptions and nine fumbles. Can I ask you a question? Would you consider a safety a turnover? I guess, Okay. Yeah. This is just because this is a fun number to get to. If you consider a safety a turnover with... And 46 starts, Jimmy G has 39 interceptions, 9 fumbles, and a safety, which equals 49 turnovers. Okay? Jimmy G has been touted as this incredible quarterback, and I know they made it to the title game with him a couple times. I know they made it to the Super Bowl with him a couple times. We've I belabored the point that he missed the throw that they needed to win the game in that, in that contest. But 
Jimmy G has now become this guy that everybody thinks is just this incredible winner. And he started off his career that way, but he's just not been in his last couple of years as a starter. And I think that he has been carried to these winning seasons and to these title games and Super Bowls by a sensational defense all every single time. I mean, we they almost... Or they beat the Packers in the playoffs last year, not because Jimmy G was any good. And in their Super Bowl run, we talked about it on our show. We said, can you win a Super Bowl with a quarterback not putting up incredible numbers, which he wasn't. He was doing basically, didn't he win the Green Bay game by throwing ten, eight passes or something like that? It was an incredibly low number, right? I'm just saying, I'm not saying Jimmy G is a bad quarterback. But people think Jimmy G is just this incredible starting quarterback. They're like, he just wins games. I just think he's been on good teams. And that's, you know, there are certainly a lot of quarterbacks that show up and make teams worse. We've seen that before. So I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, right? Jimmy G is the definition of a game manager. And you can win a lot of games with game managers. We've seen it. I just don't think this team is going to go anywhere they want to go. With Jimmy G, and I said that on the episode last week, but I think that the the night game was the final uh, was the final nail in the coffin for me on Jimmy G, and I think that we need to just like move on from this conversation. Okay, okay. I want to know who you're hanging out with that says Jimmy G is an incredible quarterback <laughs> because the people I, think, I love Jimmy G, and I've never been like he's an incredible think, quarterback. But, and I don't I don't hate Jimmy G. Okay, I, I'm sorry if it sounded that way, but. I legitimately, people in the media are like, now that they have Jimmy G, they are a Super Bowl contender. No, they're not. I just, I don't think they you're, are. You're also putting way too much stock into Monday night. I don't know. Sunday night. Experience. But again, that's what I'm saying is like, I didn't even mention the debacle of Sunday night. I mentioned the safety, but like all these stats for 39 interceptions and nine fumbles in his last 22 starts. That's really bad. Okay, I mean, yeah. So there, there has been a penchant for turnovers. Yeah. Uh, at times, sure, but at the same time, we're talking about a quarterback that, and maybe this is your point, which I totally get. But you're talking about a quarterback that doesn't make those mistakes. So sure. instead of saying yes. he's an incredible quarterback, saying he's a game manager, you can say that there are a penchant for for yeah. backbreaking plays. And I think that's is, I think that's the biggest thing is that he's never going to be the. I mean, I guess I just make the instead of alluding to it, I'll make the comparison. He's never going to be the Trey Lance type of quarterback that has uh, the ability for the massively incredible play, throw, run, whatever. And so he has to be the game manager. And in his last decent chunk of time, twenty-two games, it's a lot of football games. In that last chunk of time, he has been the antithesis of what he's supposed to be. And I think that again, I don't think I, I'm not calling. Jimmy Garoppolo a bad quarterback I just think he has not been very good and I keep seeing people in the media talk about how that they are now and still even after this last game a Super Bowl contender and I just don't see it I think they're definitely a Super Bowl contender because of the team as a whole there's too much being put on the the step out of bounds for the safety or Jimmy G is playing his first game in nine months jimmy g didn't have a preseason that's jimmy true he g didn't. basically didn't have a training camp he was recovering from his surgery mm-hmm. so to be like now you're the starting quarterback you're gonna throw out go out and throw 35 passes because 
contrary to what we think of the 49ers, we don't have a dominant run game right now. It's true, we don't right now. Our, it's surprising. Our and, cornerstone left tackle, probably arguably the best left tackle in the game, went out early. And yeah, I think there was a stat that they scored their one touchdown, and then he went out, and then most people looked so at there, it. So I think there is too much going on to right now to say, like, oh, they're cooked, like, it's, it's done, it's over. Believe me, I would love for them to be cooked, because that's just going to make the Dolphins pick better, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I still think they're that, going to like win I said, games. I they're still going to win games with them. I just, I think that their ceiling is so much lower now. And I talked about that last week. But my rant is basically just the 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 word cloud, the thought cloud on Jimmy G would say things like winner, leader, uh, and uh, manager, right? Or like careful with the ball, right? Sure. And none of those things, I think, are evident right now is sure. basically yeah, what my that, rant That's is. totally fair. That's totally fair. So... Toss it to you, my friend. All right, I'm going to rave about another quarterback that we <laughs> good. We need some positivity earlier on a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and the the contract dispute. And I said there was nothing but benefits for Baltimore because Lamar was going to come out and play, and he was putting the chip on his own shoulder. And he's doing, he's performing extremely well. Uh, they're very close to being undefeated if it wasn't for the miraculous comeback by Miami in week two. But Lamar's playing lights out. He has almost uh, 750 yards through the air, 10 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. So, contrary, the, the, the opposite of the Jimmy Garoppolo argument right there. But not only that, he's also added 243 rushing yards. Uh, on on the ground, obviously that's what rushing yards are. But he <laughs> has two touchdowns. But I, what's really amazed me about that is that he didn't run almost at all week one. He had uh, seventeen yards week one. So you take seventeen of those two hundred and forty three. He's ran for almost two hundred and twenty five yards the last two. And games. if you listen to our show after week one, I talked about it was his lowest rushing total since he became the starter. I just I thought that might have been more of the norm. They weren't going to run him as much because not that he's run a ton more. It's only three more. Attempts he's had just big and plays, five more attempts. But they're he's making it really count right now. Um, so right now, it's obviously only the first quarter of the season. Things can change, but right now Lamar is looking like he he might be deserving of whatever number that we don't even know that he wanted. Actually, I do think that came out. Reportedly. I don't know. I think it was actually. about guaranteed money is what yeah. I read versus just the number itself. Um, but it's looking like Baltimore might have to shell that out here soon, especially depending on what happens on Sunday because it's going yeah. to be a big AFC showdown. I'm exhausted from last week. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this week. But, yeah, I mean, we talked about it and I brought it up to you, and I feel stupid for not even thinking about it. But I had said, who's the MVP right now? Because somebody mentioned Tua. And immediately you were like, immediately you were like in my mind it's Lamar Jackson and it's not even close and I was like oh yeah I mean I guess you're right and after looking at it I think he leads the league in uh, rushing passing and he's like fourth in touchdowns total touchdowns or something like that so definitely not passing yards I think Allen has that Allen um, does lead the league in passing yards I know but that but I think just like just efficiency, efficiency that's yeah. happening right now yeah. it, it's pretty he's on a great pace yeah and again we talked about it we both picked Baltimore to win the division we both have Baltimore in the Super Bowl I think you have them winning it or I have them winning you it. have them winning yeah it. one of us has them winning it and I even like I said we didn't I didn't think we picked MVP did we pick MVP I don't I no don't I I had said that I thought Lamar was going to have an amazing season and I 
I, don't, I thought we picked MVP, and I thought I said Lamar. But again, regardless, it doesn't matter. But I did say he was going to have an incredible season. So I'm not surprised by how good he is, Ben. But I, I'm not surprised that he has been great. I'm surprised at how great, I should say. Well, that, that's the thing is we're talking about, and maybe this isn't a very great comparison because I don't think it totally makes sense, but we're talking about Jimmy G. And right now we're talking about Lamar where the, the offseason, the drama with Hollywood is they don't want to throw the ball, so they don't need me here, so let me get out of here. So they have Rashad Bateman, who was my favorite wide receiver in that draft Right, class. and he's looked pretty good. So they have, they're throwing to, to Devin Duvernay. And, you know, so, like, who are these players? But it's just, it's it's working right now. The scheme's working. Lamar's playing great. He's putting the ball where it needs to be. It's just, it's pretty exciting in Baltimore right now. And it's really funny that Hollywood is like, I need to get out of here because I want to be in a better offense. And while Hollywood has looked very good in Arizona because he's now getting the volume that he wanted, Lamar could hasn't looked better. So sure. it's yeah, been pretty absolutely. funny. That's good. I like that a lot. Um, awesome. That was Rant Rave Recall, sponsored by ibuprofen because I get a headache when I rant. Uh, moving on to some news and notes. Let's get to injury updates. Pretty rough, man. Pretty rough. We did the episode before the Micah Hyde season-ending injury happened. Not injury happened. The injury had happened. But <laughs> before him being put on IR, uh, tons of injuries in Buffalo. Uh, then we just got the news today that Joey Bosa is going on IR. Uh, we have the Dak isn't practicing quite yet, so he's probably not going to play this weekend. But Dak possibly coming back better than than expected. A uh, lot of news on the injury front. Which one do we want to highlight first? Yeah, so I'm going to highlight the Joey Bosa injury. So he, he went down with an injured groin on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this is the team that I said it was going to win the division, but I'm getting... Yeah. I don't, I'm not ready to recall it yet, but right now, but we every year there's a one team that just gets hit with all the bad luck. And it's Last always year, the Chargers. It, was, <laughs> it does often seem to be the Chargers. Last year it was Baltimore. This year, but not only Joey Bosa, who I think is... I, I think he's the, the number two Bosa brother, but still extremely important to his team, right? But Rashawn Slater, he has torn bicep. I don't know if you are aware of that, but that's a cornerstone uh, tackle right there. Corey Lindsay's, Lindsley yeah. is still being hurt. So right now there's some injuries piling up. J.C. Jackson is not responding to his offseason surgery as well as they had hoped. This is not looking great for the Chargers right now. I have, I have it all written right here. As something to cover, the Chargers. I have the quarterback has fractured rib cartilage. Their center, Lindsley, has a knee injury. Uh, torn bicep on their left tackle. Their number one receiver, Keenan Allen, we didn't even mention, has been suffering with a strained hamstring. Uh, Bosa, He's supposed to come back. Bosa growing injury now on IR. Well, we know how hamstring injuries can be, though. They can, be, sure, they can sure, linger. Sure. And their top quarterback, I literally put, not responding, quote, as expected to... Uh, Ankle surgery, end quote. So you're right. I am very worried about the Chargers, and it always seems to happen to them. It does. Somebody said, uh, Mina Kimes, who I've name-dropped on the show a lot, one of my favorite, one of the best Twitter followers, if you're like, if you're an NFL fan, she's a great Twitter follow. But she tweeted, in 2020, when this when this job opened up, it said, the Chargers might be one might be the most enticing uh, coach opening excuse me she said but it's a lot like buying a house where somebody was killed (laughs) because it's like it's a beautiful house it's it's wonderful there's so much to being but there's just something inside of it that makes you really scared and it's true they have arguably 
I don't know how you feel about this, the best roster in the NFL, head oh, to toe. I agree. As, as a whole. As a yeah, whole. Yeah. And they're just, they, it, this, why does this happen to them every year? I feel so bad for Charger fans, man. And it's, you know what? We're saying this. We're heading into week four. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season yet. But legitimately, we could look at this in week 16 and 17, and they could be, a lot of these guys could be back healthy. They could be fine, and they could be. You know, a 13-14 win team still, right? That's still on the table. Everything that they want is still ahead of them. But golly, man, I'm glad you highlighted it because it it looks bad. <laughs> it, it is not looking promising at the moment. Uh, so let's transition to some more positive news. Uh, not any more massive updates. I did see that Dak wasn't on the practice field and they thought maybe he would be. This week we could see possibly maybe he practices Thursday or Friday walkthrough. It doesn't look like he's trending towards coming back, but they mentioned this as a possibility, and that's still mind-blowing to me. It is mind-blowing. I think Dak is being fairly realistic as well. I don't think he's targeting this week the way that Stephen Jones a couple weeks ago said was possible. I think he's kind of looking at week five as as a possibility, which is still pretty... Insane. Yes. But I just want to know how efficient it's going to be. I will say it's interesting... These are professional athletes, right? So, but, but there's all of the jokes happening right now that Cooper Rush is leading just fine. And so does that obviously takes some pressure off of the organization to be like, Dak, you need to go back out there. Like, we're not winning. We need to stay in contention. <laughs> but is it like getting Dak said, like, oh, I need to get back because, you know, like, this guy's doing this? Oh, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that Dak is definitely thinking that. He's a, com- <laughs> he's a competitor. And how did he get his job? His predecessor got injured, and he came in and played well. I will say this, and this was in my joke, Cold Reigns. Cooper Rush is three and zero and starts. Is it do we are we, is it insane to ask the question? Should we should they stay with Cooper Rush? I know that we had the conversation about Joe Flacco, and then he immediately fell on it. <laughs> immediately fell on his place. I think it's a little bit different here, but. Is it crazy to have the conversation? Because this defense is legitimate, right? And Diggs may have given up 90 yards in the game in on the Monday night game, but he made the game-changing play at the end, right? And Parsons may not have had a sack, but Parsons was still all over with quarterback pressures. This is a legitimate defense, right? Sure. And they have legitimate weapons in Zeke and Pollard and CeeDee Lamb and now Noah Brown's there. Michael Gallup is coming back, not this week. I think next week, though. But, like... This is a legitimate team, I think. Like, should is it stupid to ask the question? I mean, it's not stupid. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think no, it's not going to happen. The organization is invested so much. Yeah, I'm just saying. Dak is um, definitely an upper echelon quarterback, in my opinion. I don't know where I'd put him in my rankings, but I would put him above Cooper Rush. So I think (laughs) we're. It's fun to ask that question yeah. just because it's fun to have like this, sure. these, these drama things sure i mean but like dak is not going to be what dak was against tampa no tampa's an excellent defense if not the best defense so I, i'm with you i just i didn't know if it was silly I, it's fun to no, ask it right? absolutely but is i will because, say i mean the narrative is right now that undefeated is two and oh he's three and oh he's as a starter as a yeah. starter right now like it would be different in my opinion if cooper rush was going and Throwing for a buck twenty, sure. And two two sure. interceptions, and they were still winning. He's kind of doing the Jimmy Garoppolo but thing, right where he's now, managing he, the game. And, but he's doing well. Yeah. Like he's moving the ball, especially when they need to. Like I know you didn't. I don't believe that you watched the game, did you? Yeah, I was on my phone okay. upstairs, but I so was dozing on, on and off. Now? 
It's five dollars uh, a month. It's not uh, that bad. Anyways, <laughs> but like there were there were times when the offense was sputtering, and at one point, the only time that I believe the Giants took it was after the Saquon Barkley touchdown when they yeah. took the lead. That was when the offense elevated, and that's what you needed. Yeah, to that see. was the one drive. That's what for you sure. To, that's when Cooper Rush was like, "Okay, like we can go score." And I will say, I'm on your side. I just again, I liked posing the question because oh, sure, sure, it was sure. fun. But I think that this is what your backup quarterback is supposed to be, right? Sure. It's supposed to be a quarterback where you can go two and two, two and one, three and one, three and two, right? Like win more games than you lose games, or at least go five hundred when you're quarterback is out until they come back to like right the ship it's what it's supposed to be sure. and if that's what cooper rush is for his career that makes him a highly valuable commodity yeah there are some people i've seen some people tweet out that they need to go out and make sure that cooper rush is the highest paid backup in the league make sure he stays there you want that's we, what you want i mean we asked earlier on is is Dak getting to the point of being injury prone making sure that you have that safety blanket it's just it's it's a fun story when cooper rush wasn't even technically the quarterback that they kept yeah, it's true. That's very true. <laughs> so, uh, regardless, it's a fun storyline. We love watching these storylines. They have a, a matchup against the Commanders this weekend. I can tell you this much for people who aren't Dallas fans. Uh, all of my Dallas friends and family are not really worried about the Commanders at all. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the Commanders... going to be a fun game. I think, I think Dallas has 19 sacks or something stupid, highly number uh, in the season. And... Uh, the commanders have given up like 15 or 16. So it does not look like a very good matchup for that offensive line, but we'll see as we go. Well, uh, I have to say one more thing where I'm going to talk about the depressing injuries. I guess you're the happy one. I'm the depressing one sure. today. Well, I, I ranted and you raved. So. It has to, I think it has to be talked about the drama going on in New England right now. Okay. Yeah. With Mac Jones going down with, uh, pretty are severe you, are you gonna quote the belichick quote about it because actually i don't know where he's like talking about like i'm not gonna read it or yeah or he was like i'm not a doctor i don't it's not what i do he's like he's day to day and i'm like bill <laughs> i know that you're like the greatest coach ever but can we be a little bit more respectful it's just so there's so much going on not i mean obviously just having your franchise quarterback injured is a relatively large of course deal. yes but then just how there are the stories about how Mac Jones wants to handle it different than the Patriots organization wants to handle it. I think it's just very, very fascinating. As a team that we were hesitant going on into the season, they showed a little bit of life, I think. I was going to point that out. If they, they were, showed a lot against yeah, Baltimore until, obviously, that kind of fell happened. apart. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know. It's... Like what's what's your? I know you're uh, you're not the biggest fan of the Patriots. I'm not. I'm not. But I mean, like, what's this mean for the organization? What what's going on? For a long time, I thought Bill was just going to leave, and then when the season that they had last year with Mac, I was like, oh, well, maybe he thinks he has the next thing in Mac, and he wants to show Tom. I think I should say this. I think at the root of everything, it matters. It is the the the, the most paramount concern for both Brady and Bill is to separate from each other. I know that winning that Super Bowl without Belichick means everything to Brady. I know that he says the next Super Bowl is his favorite one, but I guarantee his favorite one was the one with the Bucks without Bill. And Bill, I guarantee you, more than anything, want he cares about legacy, right? He wants to win one without Tom. And I think that I wonder, question, where is the stopping point? Sure. Because I don't know if you had to, if you ask me, gun to my head right now, is Mac Jones a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? I would say no, but he was great last year, right? And he showed flashes again with that offense that's 
a weird freaking offense against the Baltimore Ravens that they could go toe-to-toe for a while. So who's to say for sure? But right now, I I said that the Patriots were going to have a bad year. And I thought I was going to look silly because they were up against Baltimore. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're not. Maybe Bill pulls another rabbit out of the hat. But right now, I'm still just as convinced as I was before week one that they're just going to have a bad season. And who's to say what that means heading into next year? Do they consider a different quarterback? Because there's a really good quarterback class coming out next year. And eh, I don't, I don't think so. Well, well, we can talk about that when we get closer to the quarterback class. But there's some, a couple of really good quarterbacks coming out in the next class. Do they consider it or do they stick with Mac? They probably stick with Mac. But I'm, I, uh, it's interesting to watch the Pats in such a disarray. Sure. So. Yeah, that is not something that we have seen much of of the last twenty or so years. My entire life. <laughs> Regardless, let's move on to some week two reactions. Got four quick games to cover that I wanted to talk about. Let's just go right into the meat of it, right? Let's go Buffalo. Here we go. Buffalo at Miami. Some things, some stats I wanted to point out. Plays, Buffalo to Miami, ninety to thirty-nine. <laughs> Yards, Buffalo to Miami, four ninety-seven to two twelve. First downs, 31 to 15. Time of possession, this is a big one that we talked about that you could really feel this one, right? 40 minutes, 40 seconds, 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, just insane. And I have got Tua stats out the wazoo because I cannot um, compliment Tua enough. But I want to toss it to you, Miami fan, to get your reaction on air. Yeah, I mean, obviously a very fun win. Uh, it was a fun game. That was what I said. I didn't. I I thought that this could be a potential split, which I think it will be. I think Miami could have gotten it done at home, and I think Buffalo will get it done at home. I think that's where the these franchises are right now. I I you know have seen so much on the internet. There have been so many people complaining about this game and saying blah blah blah. I I think it's not a statistic game. You know. I don't. You know. I. It's time of possession. Like, you can't... We talked about it on, on Monday. I believe it was Monday when Rex Ryan came out and because, like, the yeah. question was posed, like, Von Miller didn't get to, get to Tua. And I know, like, there are injuries and whatnot. But... And Rex Ryan was like, it's because the defense wasn't out there. They were only... But you can't... Then you can't say that Buffalo had so much more offense because... Right, right. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It doesn't work both ways. Right. So, I mean, like, yes, it, it's... In, it's obviously extremely impressive that Buffalo had 400 total yards or whatever, or almost it was almost 500. 500. <laughs> so, but the thing is, when you have so uh, not mathematically, literally, but there's pretty much everything is double Miami, which you would think because they had double, double the, the possession. Time. Yes. So this is the point that I wanted to get to is that I'm a Buffalo fan, and first of all, not very proud to be a Buffalo fan this week. And I said this to you in private that. The Bills fans need to calm the hell down, okay? We're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Oh, no doubt. That's, like, we're, there's no concern about that, right? Like, that we're fine. And Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football said about he's like, take the loss, guys. Move on. He's like, we know you had injuries. We know it was a 100-degree heat index. We know all of that. Take the loss. Move on. And I agree with that. But I also wanted to point out, you're right. I wanted to point this out. 90 plays, 500 yards. Allen only averaged 6.3 per pass. Tua averaged 10.3. Right, so while you didn't have the ball a lot, every time you had the ball, it was a bigger play. Right, every time you had the ball, you did what you needed to do with it, and then we got the ball back. We were fighting for every inch. Right, where Miami was just chunk play, chunk play. And I want to throw these two stats out here because 
I've been the two. We both defended Tua, but especially heading the season, I've talked about believing Tua was going to have a great year. Here's some stats for Tua on the year. Passing on third down, 20 of 26, 284, four touchdowns, 151.3 passer rating. For those of you who don't know, 158.3 is a perfect passer rating. Don't ask me how that, those numbers are generated. On fourth down, one pass, 42-yard touchdown, perfect passer rating. On In the fourth quarter, 20 of 29, 326, four touchdowns, 146 passer rating. In the red zone, the money area, 9 of 13, 55 yards, five touchdowns, 117. Tua leads the league in both passer rating and QBR. For, so quarterback rating and QBR are a little bit different. I know that you don't love those stats, but QBR <laughs> takes into account things like um, throwing the ball away, whereas quarterback rating wouldn't. That would be an incompletion, right? Um, so Tua leads the league in that by four or five points over only Lamar, Allen, and Mahomes. So I, I just wanted – Tua is great in the right moments and he proved it in the game too where he came back in and in the fourth quarter made the throws at the exact moments that he needed to to win the game so i there are obviously excuses we were missing players right you guys were also missing players right it was in the heat you guys were also in the heat right these were all aspects of the game for sure but we lost right miami was the better team miami won the game and i just don't understand I shouldn't say I don't. No, I should say I don't understand. I don't understand the vehemence and all the excuses like, it happened. We lost. Let's move on. <laughs> it was a good game. I don't even think it comes down to like who was the better. T- I don't think like that's an accurate. I mean, I think it's just two good teams right, that yeah. went and, at it. And, and if you play two good teams, play each other 10 times, it's supposed to be five to five, six to five, whatever way it is, right? Yeah. I mean, if two teams play each other ten times and one six to five, then something's going on. But <laughs> well, regardless, <laughs> uh, yeah. we all know math is not my thing. So we can talk real quick just about the drama associated with with the game. I just said that so confidently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about. It. Just go. <sighs> I, I, I want to get a, a blooper reel of every week. There's some kind of wrong. There's something stupid I say. <laughs> how many how many toes are on offensive linemen? Hundred. You know that. Listen, I would love for our podcast to like blow up massively. But for one of the main reasons is I would love to be able to pay somebody to do that and go through and listen to all of our episodes and be like, just can you pull clips that do this? <laughs> So uh, right before the two minute warning, uh, on a I believe it was a it was a third and something, it's like third, third and eight or something, something along those lines. To uh, gets hit. It, I don't think it was roughing the passer at all. But regardless, uh, he did hit his head off the off the turf, so his head bounced. Looked bad. It looked it, bad. It got up and and was wobbly. So where you all naturally think, especially in football, that it's a it's a concussion. He immediately went off the field, went to the locker room, didn't even stay on the sideline. That was a comment that you made, like going right there. So we're like, oh man, like it's bad. Uh, it did come out to start the the second half though, and people are kind of like infuriated by this. Um, and it's just something that I don't. I'm gonna be on your side in this argument, so you might as well. I don't just say really what your understand um, because it it feels to me that, and obviously we're not in the locker room, right? So I'm assuming the opposite of what everyone else is assuming is that the Dolphins cheated or manipulated something. I I mean, I'm not there, but it seems on all fronts that they just did it right and that Tua wasn't concussed. That is a possibility that right. he wasn't concussed. I don't know why everyone says it automatically has to be 
I mean, sure. I mean, the thing is, I think it's possible that you hit your head and you get up a little dazed and confused, but also I believe that there's a back injury or else two is just doing a really great job of walking around with his wrap all week. They're like, guys, we have a conspiracy. You need to wear this wrap on your back all week, okay? I legitimately, again, I want to say this, that head injuries are obviously the most concerning type of injury, right? Sure. Because we found out so much in the last... 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years about concussions and the long-term effects of that and CTE and all that. So I I understand. They're very concerning. But I also sometimes get lightheaded if I laugh too hard. <laughs> so I can understand that it's there's it's a complex issue. It's nuanced. And I know that tw- the 2020 world, 2022 world doesn't like the word nuance. But whatever. This is a nuanced situation. And I refuse to believe that they would have allowed him to go back into the game if there was an actual injury. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened in the past, right? We've all heard about Brett Favre saying that he's played with a concussion in like hundreds of games, right? The, in the, t- the world that we live in today, the NFL that we live in today, there are way too many protocols and contingencies for head injuries to allow a player to get back into the game. It's right. just, I, I think I've I, seen players in like big time end of season playoff games that are not allowed to go back in. Because there's a concern about a head injury. I refuse to believe that if there was a real concern, he would have been able to go back in. I think Somebody would have said no. The 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 theory or whatnot is that they were saying it was a back injury, so Tua did not need to be evaluated by anybody. But the thing is that every team, there is the independent person that is there evaluating it. They're not going to be like, you know what, I saw what I saw, but you're saying it's a back injury, so I won't look at you at all. Like, they're not going to, like, pay off this person to be like, it's just a back, like, just say it's a back, like... Tua has come out and said, like, he was evaluated for a concussion. He passed all of the tests that he needed to. So I don't see... And I get, like, the Miami's had some definite smudges. Have you last... ever taken a concussion test before? I've had a concussion. No, but I've had a concussion. So and they wh- just said that you have a concussion. Right. No, but I'm saying is that, like, for, for a concussion tests are have definitely grown along the way. But especially, like, when you're in high school sports, you take a test that's, like, a baseline test. And if... You are evaluated for a concussion. If that baseline is variated at, like, I don't want to say at all because there's always a variation, but there's like a level, right? And it's a small amount of a window. If your answers vary by even like a specific amount, then they're like, no, you you could have a concussion. We're not, you can't play, right? And so I refuse to believe that a high school test is more comprehensive than a professional test, right? Regardless, so. <laughs> so he came back out and, and played the second half, and I and, think that was very important. And so. we both agreed they wouldn't have won the game without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we don't need to dive into the, right, we the don't hypotheticals need to, yeah, of what because... the game could have been. There were a ton of them uh, as we watched and gritted our teeth every single time. But, <laughs> you know, like I said, um, it, I think the the division is Buffalo's to, to go through. And I still feel that way. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Miami's sitting at top right now, but I think it's still Buffalo's division, and I think Miami will be there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think all I wanted was to see a game where it wasn't 37 to, right. to 14, right. and it wasn't. And no. so I thought that was fun. And I will say, I uh, we'll see how I am against the Ravens. I was very quiet near the end of the game. Now, it could have been because a girl that I have a crush on was sitting on your couch. Well, what if she but listens? She doesn't listen to this show, man. It's fine. 
Um, it could have been because of that, but you know, uh, it was fun regardless. And I did face plant for like until I'm like 15 seconds. She's not gonna listen listen. to our episode, it's fine. She's not gonna listen. Uh, regardless, moving on, let's do Chiefs Colts really quick. I just wanted to run through some stats and give your thoughts because we didn't really talk about it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes 20 and 35, 262, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, he was sacked one time, I believe. Matt Ryan 27 to 37, 222, and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he did throw the game winner to Jelani Woods, who had the other touchdown as well. And we were joking about his stat line early on because it was kind of gross, just like completions and like a low amount of yardage. But he was also sacked five times. So he did have to overcome a, a pretty good pass rush uh, to win this game. What are your thoughts on this game, on this upset? 1-1-1 one, one, and one now, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was entirely possible that the Colts pulled off this victory. I said it before the games when we were doing our pick I did pick Kansas City. I was like, this is upset city alert. And and it was. But I don't get, like, why we're concerned about Kansas City. Like, of course, the first game that Kansas City lost, they were going to be like... People have been waiting for this, yes. Be, where's Tyreek Hill and his Mahomes? And, like, this is a team that lost... F- what five six games last year like this is not a team that is 17 and 0 and 17 and 0 and seven, like it's they lose games good teams lose games so right. to be like kansas city like who cares they're heading into a, week four and there's only two undefeated teams they lost a close <laughs> one I, they, I think it's really monumental for for i don't even want to say really monumental because they scored 20 points but i think it was important to see some drive from indianapolis because i in my opinion haven't seen a ton of that the first two weeks and i still feel like they're in a position jacksonville is surprising a little bit i love i love what i see from jacksonville um but i still think indianapolis has all the firepower to win the division this week's gonna be really important it's gonna be a fun game and that can we'll see the powers that be but i mean i think this is the game that kansas or excuse me that indianapolis needed to be like hey like we can hang with the big guys yeah. we can do this i'm still i still concerned just like you are about the colts but i liked what i saw and i like that they beat a team that i still think is one of the better teams yeah, so absolutely. that's basically what i agree with as well um and you know me i'm the matt ryan defender i love matt ryan so um, we just uh i think uh his replacements played very very well but i think when leonard gets back there He's he's just a leader. I yes. think he will inspire yes. some different I would agree. feelings. I would agree with that. Um, when he gets back, you know, I think we've the seen, Colts could just as easily be two and one right now. We've seen absolutely. Yeah. We've seen the difference that emotional leadership can bring to a team. Yes, so. I agree. Uh, I I would say let's skip the 49ers Broncos one that I put on the thing because we already kind of talked about that. <laughs> uh, it's disgusting. It's horrible. Uh, let's just real quick talk Packers Bucks before we do Thursday night preview and Palace picks. It was start the game started fourteen and three in the second quarter, right? And it looks like they're about to go up twenty one to three, except for that Aaron Jones fumble on the goal line, and the game finishes fourteen to twelve. Packers fan, um, the defense is really good. I know that like the Bucks were missing. But players, but like the defense was still really good. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, I expected that's what I thought was going to carry the Packers more often than not than the de- or than the offense. I think especially early on, while they continue to figure out the the wide receiver question marks, which there still are. But I think it still continues to show some some question marks of the Buccaneers more than anything of like that offensive line we are talking about. A couple of years ago, like they're one of they're super legit, and we talked about it in our preview show. Like they're facing question marks, and even after week one, Donovan Smith goes down and things. So like there are still some question marks that are struggling with Tampa right now. 
this is a joke, but this was the kind of game where I feel like I'm like, the NFL is just so fake. Like, I don't get how you start 13 of 14 for two touchdowns and then you just automatically can't do anything. Yeah, like, it's I weird, just don't man. understand. Although this feels, to me, it, it doesn't feel uncommon for Green Bay lately. I feel like I've seen a handful of games in the last, like, <laughs> 16 total that they've played where they've started high and then just can't do anything. But you're right, like, that was very, very confusing. I was like, Rodgers can't do anything wrong. They're fine. Yeah, it, it certainly looked that way. And then the the fumble right at the goal line where we were hoping for, for Aaron Jones to get in there for fantasy points. It just turned everything around. It was it was interesting. I mean, I still think promising. I think they went up against where the team that I said was going to win the South. So I think it was important for this picture of the NFC moving forward. I agree, yeah. Um, so I, I'm very pleased with the outcome. I Even with the question marks... I still think Tampa's pretty legit. Maybe yeah, yeah. they're not the powerhouse that everyone's like, Tampa's the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean. think that's <laughs> over-exaggerating it, but I still think very legitimate. I think their defense is, is super good. Earlier on, 35 minutes ago, you said one of the best. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love Devin White. <laughs> that was a fun audio right there. Must well um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like a lot of people think that. I don't know. I think they haven't played super great competition up to this point i think we can all agree though that the panthers are better all right moving on (laughs) i I don't know what to think about the panthers (laughs) none of us do uh let's do a quick thursday night preview before pals picks it's gonna be a fun game yes i am very excited for this and i'm very excited for the uh the white bengal uniforms i think they look so cool man uh all right just quick on the miami offensive side uh, they are number eight in points and number thirteen in in, pa- in yards, so they're pretty good. Defense a little bit interesting. They are sixteenth overall in points and thirty first in yards, so teams can rack up the yards against them. But they're a little bit more staunch in terms of their uh, allowing teams to score. Right. On the offensive side for the Bengals, they're tenth in points and twentieth in yards. Uh, their defense, I think, is the story. Ninth in points, eighth in yards, both top ten uh, on both sides or both. Uh, sides of the coin for that defensive side of the ball. I think the the three biggest keys for the the Dolphins, from my perspective, Tua being clutch. I gave you those numbers. He's been clutch. Um, their defense is also, I think, an underrated unit. I know that they, I just said that they gave up 31st in yards and 16th in points, but I think their defense is capable of a lot of really big plays. Melvin Ingram looked awesome against Buffalo last week. Uh, and then, of course, their weapons, both their receivers in the top five in receiving yards. Um, I don't know if they're still top three. They were top three heading into the the Buffalo game. But they're definitely still top five. Uh, some keys for the Bengals, their line struggles. Their line is still struggling. They won last week, and their line still struggled. Yeah. Um, Burroughs, turnovers, a little bit concerning with fumbles and turn and picks turning into points for them. But defense, very good. So this is a very interesting game, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I will say, and... You know, you you play who you play, and that's how you earn it, and that's all that matters. But the 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 stretch that Cincinnati's played in terms of their defenses going against quarterbacks has not been daunting. We're <laughs> talking true. about that's very true. The, the Steelers, who their best game was probably don't Cincinnati. say anything bad about Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> their best game was that Cincinnati game, and then you're going against Cooper Rush, who obviously won, but that was his first game of being thrust from the backup to the starting position, and then you had the Joe Flacco finally fell on his face game. Like, so I'm not being like, oh, like, they're they're just locking down everybody. I like the way you said that, for sure. I think that this is, is going to come down to, you know, which 
quarterback is able to stay upright and, you know, Miami's offense has been able to keep Tua upright very, very well. So much better than it was. So that's cool. But th- I think it's just going to be a fun game. I mean, sure. I, I hope think, so. Which means it's going to be the, the 11 to 7 game. Is, like this, this game isn't in pass picks, is it? No. So I was going to say, I am. I said I think Miami's going to win. I do think there's a scenario in which it gets ugly because Miami's pass rush gets to Burrow and Burrow can't do anything. I mean, it's really very, very possible. The the additions that Miami brought in, like pretty quietly, of of Ingram and Trey Flowers, yeah. and obviously Ogba was the big re-signing. I didn't think those guys were going to, especially Ingram. Like, I was excited when Ingram signed, but, like, Ingram's been pretty integral of being out there very consistently where I was like, oh, he'll be, like, a rotational guy, like, that just comes in on some, like... No, he's been great. Yeah, and so I do think Miami can definitely can definitely put some pressure on this, this offensive line. If you had to pick? If I had to pick, I'm just going to keep riding with the team that I think is playing better right now, and I do Miami. think that's Miami. I agree. All right, after that, it's time for... Ooh, I don't know what time it is. Pals Picks. Time for Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Pals Picks is a dumb segment. I think we should cut it from the show. Kind of. (laughs) Wow. Yikes. (laughs) Anyway, how's Pals Picks going? Yeah, so we both stink. (laughs) We both went one and two last week. Uh, So I'm sitting at three and six, which sounds worse than you when it's really pretty comparable, you're sitting at four and five. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just three and six sounds worse than four and five. It does sound a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like when three really, games to one game, but really it's only one game. Yeah, it? really I'm still just yeah. down one game. So sure. it's still anybody's game, but it just sure. looks uglier. Um, so I actually didn't even give you the games, which is pretty fun. So you're going to answer these blind. I do want to say. That's right. Cause I gave you them first this week. Yes. And I never text you. That's so okay. our buddy, Ian, he went. Oh, and three. Oh, wow. So at Ian, least we did better than that suck. guy. Did better than him. <laughs> yeah. We miss you. We do. Um, we do. Uh, and I also, just before we get into this, I, I won't belabor it too long. I know we sure. have to get going, but no, I just want to. Okay. So we are also in our simultaneous catch pick'em pool <laughs> where i want to say i'm doing really well yes i think you're the leader <laughs> i am the leader i went 10 and 6 or 11 and 6 no what is it how many teams play <laughs> if there hasn't been a bye week yet it's 16 because there's 32 teams right 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 so i went 10 and 6 look at me doing week. math right Woo! <laughs> went 10 and 6 just happened to be that two of the games I did wrong were, were pass picks. picks so. uh, but also, I want to call Adam out for flip-flopping picks in between these. <laughs> because last week, Adam was given Texans at Bears. It was. And he took the Texans. But in our pick-em league, he picked the Bears. I did. I listened. So I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if you're like, uh, at least I'll get one right somewhere. I wish I would have had, I I had them notes. Because it did say Bears. And if you listen to the episode, I do waffle for a minute. <laughs> But yeah, it's true. I do. I hedged my bet last week. All right, I picked so the Miami though. You you did pick Miami. I think we we're the only ones that did of the seven people that play. Anyways, you gave me the games first, so I'll let you give me the games here, and then oh. I'll give you your mystery games. Right. Yes. Very exciting. It's impossible for us to always get mystery, but it's fine. Uh, so at first, I'm gonna give you the the what I think is a trap game. The Atlanta Falcons are hosting the Cleveland Browns. That makes me interesting when you say it's a trap game because I don't know really which way that I feel exactly. about this game. 
Um, I'm picking the home team going with the Falcons. Ooh. I think if there is anyone that is like, oh, like this is the team that's going to emerge to actually win their division, I think it, and it's funny that it's your pseudo and team that's I, and always I been bad. I think it's the Falcons. I think the Falcons have played much better than their record suggests. I would agree, yes. There have been a lot of, you know, obviously the Saints overcame their comeback, and then the Falcons almost made their comeback against the Rams. I mean, the Falcons the could be 3 and <laughs> They could be, depending on how. But the thing is, I, I, I like what this team's doing. We don't. We, when we were talking about injuries, we didn't even talk about Miles Garrett, which we're glad that he's right. okay. Yeah. He was in a car yeah, accident this sure. week. So he didn't practice today. That doesn't mean he can't play, but... He he could, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. That that is important because I believe Jadavion Clowney, who did miss uh, the game against Pittsburgh, could still be be treading that water. We'll have yeah, to see. That's so true. Cleveland's pass rush, which is usually pretty ferocious, might not have those two big dogs out right, there right. to provide that bite. And we know that Marcus can roll out and make plays with his feet. We it's saw true. Kyle yeah. Pitts get going last week a little bit. Drake London did not make my friend's fortune a reality. But, but he's been he very good. Been, is treading on the upward position. I, I'm just going with, I think, Atlanta has enough playmakers on defense to rattle Jacoby just a little bit. Sure, yeah. And I'm going to go with the home team here. I like that. All right, let's go with two other teams that I think are enigmas. The Colts that we talked about, 1-1-1. One, one, and, one, and the Titans, now 1-2. and two. What do we think? Yeah, so I'm continuing with my, my home trend here. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. I agree with that. Um, I could see this has been a rivalry where the Colts have dominated a little bit as of recently, but I could see this being a home split, so this being the home team is important. But more so than anything, I think you need to kind of put a little bit of an asterisk on, on week two with the Titans of Buffalo because yeah. Buffalo, Josh Allen's just pretty hard to sack. That's true. But the thing is... <laughs> Outside of week one against the Giants, the Titans haven't had a sack in the last two weeks. And I think you need to put that pressure on Matt Ryan. You need to make him uncomfortable because he's not. I mean, it, it, it's very exciting when he does, and we freak out and yell, Matty, Matty wheels, wheels. But it doesn't happen often. If it you get him rattled, no. like, he'll go down. But right now, it's just not. He went down five times in their win for, last week for the Titans. So I'm going to take the home team. All right. Home team here. Next is this is you know, obviously I'm excited for Buffalo and, and Baltimore, but this is actually my favorite game of the week because <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are two and one. They are maybe should be three. And, I know I've said that three times on this episode, guys, that they should be, but not every team should be or could be three and zero, right? But this is another team that absolutely should be three and zero, and they're going to face that uh, another the only NFC team that's three and zero, the Philadelphia Eagles. This should be a really exciting game. I think it definitely has the billing to be exciting. I don't know if it's going to live up to massive expectations. So on the flip side of what I said about the Titans not getting sacks, the last two games that the Jags have won, Trevor Lawrence isn't being sacked. Where week one against the Commanders, they did put Trevor Lawrence, and that was actually the backbreaking play as he got pressured and threw the ball up, and it was just an easy interception. Yeah, we have seen some ferocious pass rush ability from the Philadelphia Eagles. That's true, that we I have. Think they we have. Will rattle Lawrence. They sacked a bit. Wentz nine times. Uh, so I'm gonna. I, I went with a home sweep here, picking the Eagles because okay. they're gonna be able to put some pressure on Trevor All Lawrence. Right. I think Doug Peterson might might be leaving. Philadelphia disappointed for, for, for his second time game. in his career. All right, so just to recap, Josh went 
The home stays, home defenders. You went the Colts against the Titans, the Falcons over the Browns. I almost forgot for a second. And before I did that, I was like, wow, I'm going to impress everybody because I wasn't even looking at my notes. Then I forgot them. Uh, and then he went the Eagles over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Up. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. The Falcons play the Browns. I said that. Yeah, but why did you? So I, I did it the wrong order. Yeah, okay. I did it the wrong gotcha. order. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. All right, some blinds, pals, picks coming here for you real fast. Uh, that Enigma team that I have no idea what's happening. The Panthers traveling to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I This is a hard game to pick, but the reason I didn't give it to you is because I do think the Panthers are going to win this game. Ooh. This is another team that has been in close games that just hasn't been able to finish, right? And I also don't think Baker's played his best. And I don't think that's because Baker's just You be- could say that about Kyler Murray. I, that's too. very true. I, I, I also just don't think that it's because – Baker, oh, that's fun, yeah. I also don't think it's because Baker's necessarily just all of a sudden bad. I think it's just because it's taking, he got traded right before the beginning of the season, right? So, like, he hasn't had a ton of time with this offense and with this team. I think he's just getting, you know, a little bit more comfortable. I still don't love Ben McAdoo, but if they can continue to get their weapons involved, they have good weapons. Like, LaVisca Chenault had two catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. That's an off, that's a good weapon. He's fast. He's like quick, you know, you can use guys like that. Like I, I know that sounds stupid, but he, he is. You can use guys like that. DJ Moore, right? We both like the tight end, Tommy Tremble, right? Um, and then McCaffrey is McCaffrey, right? So like you have weapons, you should use him. And this young defense, I think, is very good. And I talked about it being a young defense this is one of the reasons why I picked them to win this division. Is that I think if their young defense can come into themselves and mature, they can be pretty great. And they were pretty great last week. So I'm gonna go with the Panthers. Uh, now they're running into to my my guy Greg Dorch. So, Greg Dorch. <laughs> all right, taking the Panthers on the road against the Cardinals. How about the Seahawks traveling to take on those knee biting Lions? I think the Seahawks are actually a bad team that keeps tricking us. <laughs> like I really, I really, really think that they're. You said wait, it's the Lions, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that the Lions are actually a, a good team that doesn't know quite how to finish games yet. I'm going to pick them in this game. Just to say, yes. I think the Seahawks just tricked us into thinking they were good because the Broncos aren't really that good and the Seahawks were just overly emotional to win that first game. And while they did put up points against the Falcons, I like the Falcons and it's the Falcons' offense that's actually really good. Their defense is not that great. So I think that they're just tricking us into thinking that they're better than they actually are. Um, And I just think they have a ton of holes. I think that Detroit's just better. Sure, 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 sure. Facing a lot of injuries, though. I will say that. Last but not least, the third AFC West showdown. Those Broncos you said aren't very good going and taking on a team that you said was going to be in the playoffs and is sitting at 0-3, the Las Vegas Raiders. I am very close to my recall, but not yet because I am going to pick them to win this game. Taking the Raiders. They have to win this game for me to not recall them next week, I will say. Because I'm not they're not coming back from 0-4. But I think that this is still a good team. I think that they still have a good offense. I think that Carr's been a little bit underwhelming because of turnovers and they've had some injuries, of course, but everybody has. I just think they haven't quite put it all together yet. But Max Crosby's been awesome. They've had some other defensive players stand up and they still have I know that Renfro's out. I don't know what his status is for this week, but they still have Waller, they still have Adams, they just had Mac Hollins have an amazing game they still have Jacobs and Samir White and Amir Abdullah in the backfield right this is still a good football team they've just lost 
close games in the first three weeks. So I think they get it done in this week. I do not believe in the Broncos. I think they're a fraudulent two-and-one team. I could eat those words. I probably will eat those words. But I'm going with the Raiders to save their season this Sunday. Okay, okay. So you went with the Panthers over the Cardinals. The two home teams, the Lions over the Seahawks, and the Raiders over the Broncos. Oh, hell yeah. There we go. There we go. Um. Well, I know you need to get going. Yes, I've got soon. stuff at the theater, but... Uh, I'm going to sign off here, guys, and then Josh will run you guys through Fantasy Corner, and then uh, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure that uh, if you're in the pick pool, remember to make your picks. <laughs> um, Josh is winning, and I don't want to have to buy Josh apparel that uh-huh. he wants, um, even though I did buy myself a thing last year. But make sure you follow us on Instagram, at Simultaneous Catch. On Twitter, we've got at Simult Catch. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. My friend's fortune is that the Bills will score 10 touchdowns. Wow. Probably not going to get that one. Be nice if he did, though. Yeah, so Fantasy Corner! Uh, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Um, yeah, our team is just in a really interesting flux right now because I think at its core, we have a pretty strong team. It's just I don't really know where to go with it. I don't know if we're just running into situations where we're not performing extremely well. So we we did have the conundrum last week of do we stick with Herbert versus putting in another guy like Marcus Mariota is is somebody that we both like uh, in terms of fantasy value. Now I will say Marcus Mariota only scored two more points than Justin Herbert did, so that wouldn't have been the tipping scale um, by any means. It was really great to see Damian Pierce come on, though. He did get 20 carries, uh, also caught two balls. So it's nice to see that he, he's starting to take over that dominant position that we expected. We also just ran into a buzzsaw that the the guys on waivers, they, they weren't... They're already taken. People drafted Khalil Herbert or Romeo Dubs, and so we weren't really in a position to, to pick those guys up. So a little bit of... of Disappointment there, but we're sitting at two and four, so we didn't even make the median last week, which was a bummer as well. Which I found really interesting because it just didn't. We missed we missed the median by point four points, which is disappointing. So um, yeah, we're 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 floundering a little bit. We'll see. We still have. I mean, Stefan Diggs is the number one fantasy wide receiver. I think Justin Herbert won't have. He'll have more. He, he will have less 15-point games than he will have 15-point games. And when Keenan Allen returns, we'll see if, if defenses lighten up on, on Mike Williams a little bit so he can he can target him a little bit more than everyone's pointing all their attention to, to Mike Williams. So he's throwing to, to Josh Palmer and, and whatnot. Although I, I love Gerald Everett. I really like that guy. So I'm glad to see he's having success there. But, you know, I think we just need to ride this course. And sometimes that's really hard in fantasy football. I know that, that my partner, Jenna, is, is this is her second year playing fantasy football. And her team struggling a little, little bit. Justin Jefferson has been underachieving a little bit the last two weeks. And she's like, I want to trade this guy. And we're like, no, you got you to gotta ride the wave. It's going to be okay. And sometimes good teams lose. And I, I don't think that we have a juggernaut of a team necessarily. I like our team right now. But I don't think we're the best team in the league. But we we can we, we can string some wins together, and it's very very possible. So, I think it's just got to we got to ride the waves, got to find the matchups, and and we'll take advantage of that. We are definitely not down and out. We are 
we're just two games out of being at 500. It's still very, very early. So we're, we're, we're not out of it. And we're only two games away from being in, in the playoff picture. So very, very possible that we get there and we're going to be, we're going to be okay. So we'll see what happens this week. We got some, some matchups that I like taking, taking those, those looks at and seeing what, what can be done. I, I think Najee Harris is going to eat well against the Jets. I think Damien Pierce will continue to do well uh, against the Joey Bosa, less chargers and whatnot. So Houston actually is, is being pretty difficult against the quarterbacks, but we'll see if Herbert comes back or we might have to do something there. And and then our guy that we added last, the our big pickup was, was Curtis Samuel, continues to be what I thought Curtis Samuel could be. He had 13 touches uh, against the Eagles. He He's being a target, target hog. So I, I like that. I feel comfortable that we have, in my opinion, like I said, the, the commander's version of Debo Samuel. And not to say that Curtis Samuel is is Debo, but he's being used in that way. And so I, I feel hopeful and confident about that. So that's pretty cool. So Fantasy Corner, the simultaneous catch pals are, are floundering a little bit, but we are definitely not out of it. And we can, I'd rather, I'd rather our slow point be here. Last year, we got off to a very, very hot start and then we fell off a cliff. So I'd rather us be here now and work our way out to, to figure out how to be better. So good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, a fantasy player that I feel really good about this week is um, I'm actually excited to watch DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf started pretty slow. He only had a combined 13 targets the first two weeks. He had 12 targets last week and did convert one of those into a touchdown. So And with an average yards per catch of nearly 13 yards. So that is different than the dink and dunk of the first few weeks where I think he had like five and a half the first week and then something around eight the the second week. So he's going up against those Detroit Lions where they they have they did pretty well against Justin Jefferson, which you have to absolutely tip your cap to about that. But I'm excited to see what he does against Detroit. I think that could be a fantasy player to watch this week. So check that out if you have DK. I know it's not sexy, it's not fun, you're not trusting Geno Smith, but I say if you can put him in your flex spot, if you if you have that capability, if you have another wide receiver above him, absolutely do that because I, I would I would play him in the flex absolutely. That's my fantasy opinion for the week. So there we go. And then we just get on over to excuse me, I had to swallow two friends fortune. So I am 0 and three on friends fortune didn't even come close to it. Uh, and any of the weeks I've had, maybe I'm going too bold here. So I gotta, I gotta get a really good one going on. So I will figure that out. And I will say that this is the week that I think hey, I gotta just check something really fast to make sure that it's not so dumb for me to say this. I am going to that AFC West showdown that I gave Adam the Broncos versus the Raiders. And the Raiders right now have allowed 24 points twice and 29 points another time. So their defense is being fairly uh, medium middle that I think usually three touchdowns. But I think that we're finally going to see see Bronco country ride a little bit. I'm going to say that the Broncos score over 35 points uh, against the Vegas Raiders, and they, they win this game to continue taking their, their first place lead in, in the West. I don't think they finished there, but I do feel more confident in the 
Broncos and I do the Raiders, I say they score 35 points against the Raiders in that one. So there we go. Maybe that doesn't seem super bold, but you know, for a team that won by scoring uh, 11 points, um, you know, it feels kind of bold to me. Maybe not not the most bold, but hey, sometimes you say a team's going to have 13 sacks or someone's going to go over for 200 yards and set an NFL rookie record. That's not even the NFL rookie record. Chase did that last year. But Anyways, they score 35 points. Everybody, thanks so much. I know Adam had to leave, but I speak for him when I say thank you all so very much for listening. Check us out on instant uh, on Instagram, Instantaneous Instagram. Uh, we are Simult Catch. Guys, I mean, it's week four, so we're a quarter way through, but if you want to pick the pick and pool for, for fun to track how you're doing or to try to knock me off of the perch, I absolutely welcome you to do that. Uh, that link is in our Instagram bio. So we would love to get you there, and maybe it's possible that we all just fall on our faces and that you guys get there and and you win a team apparel of your choice. So we welcome you to do that. But more so than anything, just thank you all for listening. Continue your support. You're awesome. And uh, we hope that you enjoy week four of the NFL.